here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, the media is still full of the uh, gun control advocates, they think they know what they're talking about, they get louder, more obnoxious, they think they are superior morally. They're self-righteous. They're really disgusting. Let me give you one basic fact. I looked this up. As I look up so many things before I come on this program. From the Pew Research Center, pewresearch.org, this came out in September 2021, the latest data on guns and gun deaths in 2020. So let's take a look at this. I'm going to start with one figure that I think uh, kind of puts the end of the argument about, oh, we're going to uh, have a new federal assault weapons ban, and that'll fix everything. In 2020, writes Pew, handguns were involved in 59% of the 13,620 U.S. gun murders and non-negligent manslaughters for which data is available, according to the FBI. They keep talking about assault weapons, particularly these AR-15s. Rifles, the category that includes guns sometimes referred to as assault weapons, were involved in 3%. 3% of firearm murders. Gunshots, 1%. The remainder of gun homicides and non-negligent manslaughters, 36% involved other kinds of firearms or other classified as type not stated. So for the types that are stated, rifles were involved in 3%. Quote-unquote, assault weapons. If you go back and look at the federal assault weapon ban from 1994, it went on for 10 years to 2004 and it lapsed, you'll see the same results. It had virtually no impact on murders. 
Biden and the Democrats and their media mouthpieces keep citing what is a report that was pushed by Mother Jones, a radical left magazine made up of people who basically despise our country as far as I'm concerned. It's an outlier. Rand did a study. Department of Justice did a study. Others have done studies. And they all uh, point to the same conclusion that the 1994 so-called federal assault weapons ban had a negligible impact on murders. And yet there they were in the media all morning, all morning telling us that Congress needs to do something and that the Republicans... You need to campaign against Republicans on gun control. And as I said yesterday, the problem here, ladies and gentlemen, is if they keep chasing this issue, we'll never be able to protect our children, period. We just won't. We will not be able to protect our children. It also turns out that the killer in Nashville did not use an AR-15. She used a modified rifle that used... Mostly nine millimeter and, and nine and uh, excuse me, 40 caliber bullets. Typically, that's for a handgun. But I'm not going to get into the weeds on this stuff. It just amazes me that we. That we support more police, more armed, trained individuals to protect our members of Congress, our Supreme Court justices. Our federal courthouses, the White House. Governor's mansions, state houses, federal buildings, state buildings, and on and on down the list. But when it comes to kids, we don't want schools to look like prisons, they say. That's what Biden said. It took 14 minutes for these brave, efficient, fast police officers in Nashville to get into that school and to kill the murderer. And that's as fast as you can do it. If you don't have armed police on the site. I don't want to hear anymore that it costs too much money. It doesn't cost too much money to put porno books in school libraries. It doesn't cost too much money to pay teachers to stay home during the pandemic. It doesn't cost too much money to push CRT, to pay half a million dollars to a CRT director over 18 months. To push climate, for the left, money is no issue, except when it comes to apparently protecting our children. Now, this was not, again, I repeat, this was not discussed on virtually any morning show today. Instead, we had people wringing their hands. When will we as a country fill in the blank? When will we as a country fill in the blank? When you blame everybody, you're blaming nobody. And God forbid if it crossed their lips to say this was a Christian school that was targeted by a transgender individual. People want to know what happened? That's what happened. That's correct. That's what happened. They're falling all over themselves about how They misidentified this person. The New York Times, USA Today, corrections, apologies. What do we do? What do we do? 
a biological woman who identified as a male. They had said a biological woman who identified as a woman, a biological woman who identified... They trip over their own idiocy. Whatever the identity is or was, that's what happened. And six people died who didn't have to die. And Joe Biden's out there. Yesterday's mocking it about ice cream. Joe Biden is going to go to the memorial service. I think it's tomorrow. I wonder if she'll bring her chocolate chip ice cream with her that Joe Biden was so focused on the other day. And I might add, ladies and gentlemen, that used to be the job of the vice president to go to events like this, but obviously Joe Biden thinks she's more qualified or better positioned to do it. We have the statistics, but the left doesn't really believe, ladies and gentlemen, in science and knowledge and data. They pretend they do. You, you see, you're the ones who are ignorant. You're the ones who don't believe in science. You're the ones who don't believe in knowledge. They do. The administrative state is all about expertise, expertise out of the bureaucracies. Really? Have you been in a bureaucracy lately? Have you met many of the people there? They're there for life. There's some very bright, hardworking people in the bureaucracy, but then there's zombies. Some of the dumbest people you'll ever meet. Experts in being dumb and pushing paper and retiring in 20 years and getting lifetime pensions and lifetime medical coverage. And that, I guess, they're smart. Then they move to tax-free states like Florida or Tennessee or whatever. Take advantage of conservative states, but that for another day. Science. Knowledge. And the left is busy pushing the opposite. Democrat Party used to push eugenics as science. Now it pushes abortion as science. That's right. How many times did I say to you that Dr. Fauci was never asked, not even once, as he went on endless TV shows pretending to be Susan Rice? Is it a life, Dr. Fauci? What are you talking about? Right before birth, is it a life, Dr. Fauci? Or is it a choice? Yes. By the way, Sid, what a weasel. What a weasel, Sid. Sid knows who he is. I'll be right back. Mark in.
I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. Man, oh, Manischewitz. Just a reminder, America. There are many ways to listen to this program, many platforms. Got Sirius XM Satellite, our wonderful partners there. You've got live streaming. MarkLevinShow.com, The Mothership, gives you many alternatives, including the podcast. Most of our wonderful affiliates, and we do appreciate them very, very much. Mark Levin Show app, iHeart. We have a great partnership with them, iHeart app. There's many, many ways I encourage you to make use of them, and you go to MarkLevinShow.com, Mark Levin, L-E-V-I-N Show.com. Click on Audio Rewind at the top and pick your favorite podcast platform. This is all on our Twitter site, is it not, Mr. Producer? Or you can go to your favorite podcast platform. Maybe you already have it. Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and so forth. Search Mark Levin Show and subscribe. It's all free. It's all free. You can take me with you. And you can be your own program director. I want to get more into these statistics. This is from Pew. You'll never hear this on the Morning Schmo Show. Because he's been whipped into place by uh, Mika Brzezinski. How many people die from gun-related injuries in the U.S. each year? Again, this is based on 2020. This is Pew. In 2020, the most recent year for which complete data is available, 45,222 people died from gun-related injuries in the U.S., according to the CDC. Now, that figure includes gun murders and gun suicides, along with three other less common types of gun-related deaths tracked by the CDC. Those that were unintentional, those that involved law enforcement, and those whose circumstances cannot be determined. And the total excludes deaths in which gunshot injuries played a contributing but not principal role. And what's the answer? 54% of all gun murders are suicides. 43% murder. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? 54% suicide. 43% murder. 
And those that include guns, 3% quote-unquote assault weapons. You will never hear this on MSNBC or CNN, ever. You will never read this in the New York Slimes or the Washington Compost. You will never hear this on the nightly news, NBC, ABC, CBS programs, ever. Though they tend to get less public attention than gun-related murders, suicides have long accounted for the majority of U.S. gun deaths. 54% in 2020. Just over 24,000. 43% were murders. Just over 19,000, according to the CDC. The remaining gun deaths were unintentional, 535, involved law enforcement, 611, and undetermined other circumstances, 400. What share of all murders and suicides in the U.S. involve a gun? 79% involved a firearm. 79%. Little over half, 53%, as we discussed, are suicides. How has the number of U.S. gun deaths changed over time? I'm reading to you the facts. The 45,222 total gun deaths in 2020 were by far the most on record, representing a 14% increase from the year before. We know what happened, too, don't we? Defund the police. That's a 25% increase from five years earlier. And a 43% increase from a decade prior. Gun murders in particular have climbed sharply in recent years. The 19,384 gun murders that took place in 2020 were the most since at least 1968, exceeding the previous peak of 18,253 recorded by the CDC in 1993. The 2020 total represented a 34% increase from the year before. 49% increase over five years. 75% increase over 10 years. The number of gun suicides has also risen in recent years, climbing 10% over five years, 25% over 25 years. Excuse me, over 10 years. So while 2020 saw the highest total number of gun deaths in the U.S., the statistic does not take into account the nation's growing population. On a per capita basis, there were 13.6 gun deaths per 100,000 in 2020. The highest rate since the mid-1990s, but still well below the peak of 16.3 gun deaths per 100,000 people in 1974. Well, what does all this mean? I'll explain when we return. I'll be right back. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? 
they'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. Mark Levin, making conservatism great again. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Now this is relevant. How many people are killed in mass shootings in the U.S. every year? Now what does Pew Research say? They say this is a difficult question to answer because there's no single agreed-upon definition of the term mass shooting. Definitions can vary depending on factors, including the number of victims and the circumstances of shooting. So you notice how the media uses whatever variables it wants because it's pushing gun control. Not human safety. Not public school safety. We need to take the language back. We want to protect our kids. We want to protect our grandkids. We want to protect everybody's kids. This isn't going to do it. When 3% of the weapons used in murders, including suicides, 3% are so-called assault weapons. We need an assault weapons ban. We had one. It didn't work. So the FBI collects data on, quote, active shooter incidents, unquote, which it defines as, quote, one or more individuals actively engaged in killing or attempting to kill people in a populated area, unquote. Using the FBI's definition, 38 people, this is in 2020, excluding the shooters died in such incidents in 2020. The Gun Violence Archive, an online database of gun violence incidents in the U.S., defines mass shootings as incidents in which four or more people are shot, even if no one was killed, again, excluding the shooters. Using this definition, 513 people died in these incidents in 2020. I mean, so we get from 513 to 38. Regardless of the definition being used, fatalities and mass shooting incidents in the U.S. account for a small fraction of all gun murders, that occur nationwide each year. They are horrific, don't get me wrong. These school shootings are the worst. They tear your guts out. But these are the stats. How's the number of mass shootings in the U.S. changed over time? The same definitional issue makes it challenging to arrive at an exact number of mass shooting fatalities come into play when trying to determine the frequency of U.S. mass shootings over time. The unpredictability of these incidents also complicates matters. As the RAND Corporation noted in a research brief, quote, chance variability in the annual number of mass shooting incidents makes it challenging to discern a clear trend, and trend estimates will be sensitive to outliers and to the time frame chosen for analyses. What they're saying in plain English, I think, is... We don't know. Because one mass shooting can change the entire trajectory of what we're looking at. And yet you have these reports 
where people are saying we've never seen as much as the, as, of this as we have in the past. That's simply not true. But what I think is true is we haven't seen the target of, of school children like we've seen in the past. And I haven't seen any statistics for that. And I've looked at them. I've looked for them. And that's why I strongly believe these ideas that they come up with, the politicians, <clears throat> the entire bill that Biden has proposed wouldn't have done anything about Nashville. Wouldn't have done a thing. And so pass the bill, and because the Republicans won't pass it, I heard somebody say they must not like children. They try to protect them from from books, they try to protect them from uh, belly dancers, They try, and pre- but they don't tr- protect them from guns. This is sick. We want to protect them from killers. Killers with guns. That's all the relevant information from the Pew Research Center that looked at all the data, all the credible data that's available, it really is a nonpartisan operation. It's been around for decades. Their researchers, John Grimlich, or Gramlich, this was published in February 3rd, 2022, where the most recent information is available for 2020. So a lot of the information you've been told the last few days is false, and nobody cares. First of all, this is a discussion that shouldn't even happen today. Maybe next week or the week after. And to be truthful about it, I feel dirty even getting into this right now. But day in and day out, the propaganda and the lies coming from Joe Scarborough and his group of miscreants and malcontents and all the reprobates on CNN and MSNBC Just keep lying. I've got it right in front of me. They have the data that I have. They know that a quote-unquote assault weapons ban won't ban anything seriously relevant to the mass murders that are taking place. That they actually are focused on handguns. And this is why I tell you over and over again, they're not going to stick with rifles. They're going to move from rifles. To handguns. Because from their ideological perspective, they have to. There's no way out. They have to. Because they're going to tell you, well, the assault weapons ban doesn't work. No, and it's not going to. Well, now we've got to move the handguns. And we have to move to, you know, how many bullets in a magazine? How many bullets in a pistol? What kind of bullets? Register the bullets. You know what else? Biden wants gun manufacturers to be liable for the killing that took place in Nashville. And the only causal relationship is that they're a manufacturer. And so, in essence, they want to put these manufacturers out of business so you have no way to purchase a gun. And they think they're clever. This way, the trial lawyers, who are the number one donors to the Democrat Party, followed by the teachers' unions. They'll make a fortune 
They'll give money to the Democrat Party, and they will destroy these companies. You won't be able to get ammunition. You won't be able to get weapons. So effectively, the Second Amendment will be wiped out. And then when they're done dealing with purchases from today forward, they're going to say, wait a minute. Until we get all guns off the street, we'll never be safe. So we need to do what Australia did, and we need to do what New Zealand did. We need to get all of the guns. What's this grandfathering in crap? Don't you care about human life? Don't you care about the schools and the children? This is how tyranny works. You really want to protect the children? Then treat them as at least as you do baseball stadiums. These school districts should pay the money for a cop or cops to be in these schools. They don't have to be dressed as cops. I think they should be just for a deterrent effect. As we talked about the other day, if somebody's going to break into somebody's home, are they going to pick the home that has a barking dog? Are they going to pick the home that has signs in the windows or on the property that they have an alarm system? Are they going to pick the home that has motion lights and sensors? Are they going to pick the home next door where it's completely dark, where they hear no barking, where there's no evidence of an alarm system? They're going to go for the easier target. That's what they're going to do. And rather than have signs saying, this is a gun-free zone, They should have signs saying, our schools have armed police. In other words, don't invite the killer. Deter the killer. Did you know Sid was a weasel, Mr. Producer? I had no idea. Thought he was a friend. We had mutual, but he's a weasel. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I will be interviewing President Trump in Mar-a-Lago for the Sunday show for the full hour. And uh, I do interviews differently. I'm not Andrea Mitchell in many ways, thank God, who sit there and look to snidely undermine a Republican. 
I'm not looking to carry water for the corrupt media like Maggot Haberman of the New York Slimes and Jeremy Peters and all of his Peters. I'm not carrying water for the people who hate us and want us to lose and root for the other side that's undermining our country. I'm going to talk to President Trump as I did a year ago and did the interview, as I did with Governor DeSantis. And we're going to dig into his thinking, his policies, his belief systems when it comes to significant matters and people and individuals. There's a brand new book coming out. It's a book of letters. People over the years writing him, you're going to be shocked by the letters that are in this book. Praising him, thanking him, many of whom hate his guts today. Because he's on the other side. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. It's a different kind of interview. And he and I, we have very good chemistry. We get along great. He's a very good friend. And I think if you liked the interview last year, and also if you liked the interview with Governor DeSantis, who's also a very good friend, I think you're going to like this a lot. So that will air on Sunday. It hasn't been done yet, obviously, but that will air on Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and God knows what other times the rest of the country. But if you can't watch it live, I hope you'll go ahead and DVR the program. Because as I say, I do these things a little differently than, uh, you know, these sort of machine gun interviews. But what about this and the the bat and uh, this guy says that? I don't care. I don't care about the bat. I don't care what anybody says. We will do it the Levin way and Trump will do it his way and answer the questions. You know, talk radio is a uniquely conservative project. Why? Because the media everywhere else except Fox, OAN, and Newsmax, but the media everywhere else is leftist. It's Democrat. Everywhere else. And so patriots turn to talk radio to hear a different view than they hear every day on MSNBC, on CNN on CNBC, on CBS, on ABC, on NBC, in the New York Times, in the Washington Post. They turn to talk radio, conservative talk radio. This is how we build a national town hall where we can speak to each other, where we can share information, because there's no other media platforms out there where we can. And this is why talk radio has always been under attack this is why Fox is always under attack and Newsmax and OAN where they try and take the platforms away it's crucially important that we defend these platforms interestingly enough these platforms can only exist under a license system because there's only so many out there there's only so many AM and FM stations you can have at the same time without signals crossing each other 
So a station is a public service to the audience. That's why the stations exist. It's a public service to the audience. Talk radio is the last bastion of liberty. It's the last bastion of constitutionalism. And as tyranny gets increasingly aggressive and swirls around us, we must defend the format. We must defend the programming. That's what I'm all about. It's one of the biggest syndicated hosts in America. I wouldn't be holding up my responsibility to millions and millions of you if I didn't stand up for this format. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Hello, 877-381-3811. And so uh, the insanity goes on. This is from Fox. Tennessee Republican Congressman Andy Ogles sharply criticized a far-left transgender group that he said is attempting to portray the Nashville school shooter as a martyr. Following the Covenant school shooting that left three children and three adults dead, the Radical Trans Resistance Network issued a statement calling it a dual tragedy for the victims and their families, along with the transgender shooter, 28-year-old Audrey Hale. Any attempt to turn a mass murder into a martyr is beyond disturbing, Congressman Ogles, who represents the community where the shooting happened, told Fox News Digital. The notion that someone would try to justify this atrocity disgusts me to my core. March 27, 2023, he said, was not a dual tragedy, as this radical group wrote, Ogles said. It was a targeted attack on children attending a Christian school perpetrated by a hate-filled domestic terrorist. There's no place for accepting or justifying the actions of the Covenant School shooter. His remarks come after the Trans Resistance Network. What are they resisting? Broke its pledge of not engaging publicly with the news media to release a statement arguing the shootings amounted to two tragedies and that the shooter, Hale, had no other effective way to be seen, quote-unquote. Quote, the first tragedy today is the loss of the three children and adults, the group said in its message. We extend our deepest sympathies and heartfelt prayers to those families 
dealing with the loss of loved ones. There's nothing we can offer that will comfort the hurt or ease the sorrow. We will mourn with you. The second and more complex tragedy, they said, is that Aiden, the shooter's preferred name, or Aubrey Hale, who felt he had no effective way to be seen than to lash out by taking the life of others and by consequence himself. You believe this? The group added, it does not claim to know the individual or have access to their inner thoughts and feelings, but it does know that life for transgender people is very difficult, made more difficult in the preceding months by a virtual avalanche of anti-trans legislation and public call-outs by right-wing personalities and political figures for nothing less than the genocidal eradication of trans people from from society. Name one public figure conservative on the right who has talked about the genocidal eradication of trans people. Name one. Much of the debate surrounds children and parental rights, which is a perfectly legitimate, if not urgent, debate. And then people have their opinions about adults who go through these processes Even people who've gone through these processes, many of them regret it. They talk about it. Some don't. That's fine as a debate. But when it comes to children, it's not a debate. It's a right. It's a parental right. That strangers, whether they be in a school system or otherwise, do not have the final say or any say over what happens to a child and their and their genitalia, quite frankly. The group claimed many transgender people deal with anxiety, depression, thoughts of suicide, and PTSD from the near constant drumbeat of anti-trans hate. I think many of them have those problems apart from any drumbeat, quote-unquote. Lack of acceptance from family members in certain religious institutions, that's... Families may not accept it. But then you go out and murder little kids at a Christian school to draw attention to yourself and your cause? That's why people are appalled by this group, this radical group. And what it is that they are uh, not just suggesting, but stating flat out here. There's a lot of people who have a lot of problems, and they don't go around murdering people. And if they do, they have to be punished for it. But in the same vein, very strange National Review here, to their credit, Ari Bluff, mainstream media outlets struggled to describe the sex of the mass shooter, who claimed six lives at a private Christian grade school in Nashville on Monday, first describing the female perpetrator a woman, in response to reports from the authorities, then racing to correct themselves once it became clear that the shooter identified as a man. And this is what the media are upset about and concerned about. After initially describing the shooter as female in official department uh, statements, Nashville Police Chief John Drake said during a Monday afternoon press conference, the shooter, a former student at the Covenant School, identified as transgender. 
Asked by a reporter whether the shooter identified as a trans woman or a trans man, Drake responded trans woman, which added to the confusion by creating the impression the shooter was a male who identified as a female. Isn't this amazing? First of all, the fact of the debate. And secondly, the substance of the discussion. She was a biological she, a female. Prior to the confirmation that the shooter identified as transgender, the New York Times tweeted out an article noting that female assailants in mass shootings in the U.S., like the one that occurred on Monday in Nashville, are extremely rare, quote-unquote. Then the publication felt compelled to flag they had misidentified the mass shooter later that evening. They said there was confusion later in Monday about the gender identity of the assailant in the Nashville shooting. Officials had used she and her to refer to the suspect, according to a social media post, and Lincoln profile appeared to identify as a man in recent months. So if they identify as a man, then they're a man, you see. USA Today issued a similar release, correcting its initial description of the shooter as a woman and blaming, quote, officials who had initially misidentified the gender of the shooter. CNN also included a note on the evolving story of the assailant's gender, underscoring that they were first identified as a female shooter by police and that a law enforcement spokesperson later confirmed the assailant used male pronouns across social media. The outlet opted not to use pronouns to refer to the shooter and its coverage. But the mass murderer wanted to be called a male, so the media obliges. They want to get it right, you know. Very little talk about the nature of the school and that the school was targeted because it was a Christian school that she attended. And the Attorney General of the United States today would not confirm that it was a hate crime and would not confirm that there's a hate crime investigation. He said they'd have to wait to find out. When Joe Biden was presented with the statement from Senator Hawley that this should be investigated as a hate crime against Christians, Joe Biden laughed because he's sick. He's a head case. They say he owns shotguns. Doesn't he say he owns shotguns, Mr. Producer? Well, why does he own any weapon, given his mental state? Which is very poor and getting worse by the second. Some outlets and pundits tied the shooting to recently passed Tennessee legislation, criminalizing public drag shows and the provision of puberty-blocking hormones to minors. ABC News anchor Terry Moran, I mean Moran, mischaracterized the legislation and implied it may have been related to the attack. Now, they have no idea what's going on, but it doesn't matter. There's a narrative that they're projecting. This is why I despise these people. I despise them. The shooter identified herself as a transgender person, says Moran. The state of Tennessee earlier this month passed and the governor signed a bill that banned transgender medical care for minors, as well as a law that prohibited adult entertainment, as well as male and female impersonators, 
after a series of drag show controversies in the state, he said. Yeah, for minors. Minors. Why are we even having this debate? Drag shows for minors? Sex operations for minors? And that drives somebody to murder kids and, and adults in a Christian school? The hell's happening to this country? A freelance NBC reporter, meanwhile, linked the shooting to the right-wing media brand, The Daily Wire, which is a great site with great people, which is based in Nashville and has focused heavily on coverage of the trans issue and its reporting and commentary. How would the NBC reporter know that that has anything to do with anything? They don't. They don't care. They use it as an opportunity to exploit and to attack conservative media. This is why I say to you, the discussion that I'm having with you now, the points that I'm raising with you now, if it wasn't on conservative talk radio, or the very few remaining conservative platforms that exist in this country, we couldn't have it. Which is why we have to defend our platforms that we have, that have been built up over time. Not by corporations, not by millionaires and billionaires, by people who've put their necks on the lines, the Rush Limbaugh's, the Bob Grant's, no offense, the Mark Levin's. It built this free speech platform that would not otherwise exist. We couldn't even have these discussions. They don't have these discussions on 99% of the corrupt media in this country the shooter left behind a manifesto according to police but no information about motive has yet been released I don't need a lot of information about motive actions speak louder than manifestos she went into that school and she murdered three little Christian kids then she murdered the headmaster who confronted her, another hero. She shot through the door blindly. She murdered the chef, the African-American gentleman. And she killed a substitute teacher. That's what she did. And I don't think there's any discussion by the hosts on MSNBC or CNN, or most places, to point this out. Instead, it's the Republicans' fault. Instead, it's the fault of people who dare to question strangers in the form of school administrators and teachers and others who want to transgender, quote-unquote, their children without their knowledge. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. 
Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. In hour three, we're going to have a presidential candidate who has to come on the program. And I'll save the name until hour three. And again, we appreciate our fantastic affiliates. But whenever and wherever we're preempted, you can listen to us by going to MarkLevinShow.com. You have a variety of choices there. You can click on the audio rewind at the top and pick your favorite podcast platform or go to your favorite podcast platform. You already have one, perhaps Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, so forth. And search Mark Levin Show. That's L-E-V-I-N. And subscribe for free either way. Either way. And we love to have you. Don't forget Satellite Radio, too. And again, the affiliates who who stick with us, we very, very much appreciate you. Um, all this debate over the mur- murderer's sexual proclivities in the media, it just shows you how perverse the culture has become. I don't mean you, I don't mean the majority of Americans. I'm talking about the Self-appointed elitists. It's not that they're elite. They're self-appointed elitists. This is the kind of debate that they want us to follow. And they think you're too stupid to look up the issues with respect to weapons and so-called assault weapons and what's going on. And they think you're blind, that you don't see that certain facilities are heavily protected by law enforcement. And then they tell you we don't want our schools to look like they're protected by law enforcement. And you get this from many of the same politicians who insist on being protected. They insist on being protected. Okay, I get it. But we want our kids protected. No, 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 that'll look like a prison. This is insane. This is insanity. And this is going to get more of our kids killed, quite frankly. You have got to protect these facilities. What is a school? It's a building. It's a building. With the most precious, with the most precious beings that we have that are in there, our children and our grandchildren. Why do they keep talking about gun control when it deals with 3% of the weapons? Would you feel better? Think about this. You're dropping your little one off at elementary school, whether it's one of your kids or grandkids. It doesn't matter. You're dropping your little one off at elementary school. And we have a quote-unquote assault weapons ban. Now that you know what I've told you, 3%. Or you have an armed police officer. Not a security guard. 
not even a retired cop, not a retired military, no, an armed, active duty, actively trained police officer in the school. Mr. Producer, you have two little kids. Would you feel more secure knowing that police officers in the school or that we just banned assault weapons? The cop, right? Because the cop is going to be in that building. So it's not just a chance, well, is he going to go into that building, the killer, go into that building? Let's hope he doesn't go into the building. My my kids are in. They don't have a police officer, even though we ban these quote-unquote assault weapons. Folks, if we have human beings coming across the border illegally, if we have tons of drugs coming across the border illegally, if we have weapons coming across the border illegally, how the hell do we expect the federal government to keep quote-unquote assault weapons out of the hands of nutjobs and evil people? Even if you follow their logic, it doesn't work. It can't work. I'll be right back. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. Mark Levin, speaking to the four out of five Americans who are literate at 877-381-3811. There's a hearing uh, today, and there are hearings every day, and that's a good thing. When our guys are in charge in the House, and when our guys are really pounding away in the... uh, in the Senate. And uh, Matt Gates, who does a great job at these hearings, I have to say, and Secretary Lloyd Austin. I want you to hear this. Go ahead. How much taxpayer money should go to fund drag queen story hours on military bases? You know, drag, drag queen story hours is not something that uh, the department funds. Wait a second. That's actually not what the record seems to suggest. You were going to fund one at Ramstein Air Force Base. That one got canceled, but that's DOD insignia. That's a drag queen story hour for children. Then also at uh, Malstrom Air Force Base outside of Great Falls, Montana, you had a, a drag queen story hour for kids. At the Joint Base Langley Eustis, you put on a drag queen story hour on a Saturday for the first ever kid-friendly diversity, equity, inclusion summer festival. And at Nellis Air Force Base, you had the drag you Nellis on June 17th. Who funded these things, Mr. Secretary? Listen, uh, drag shows and, uh, are not something that the Department of Defense uh, supports or funds. So. Wait, why, why are they happening on military bases? I just, I just showed you the evidence. 
Why are they happening? I will say again, <laughs> this is not something that we support or fund. Well, you, so you think hosting a drag queen story hour on a military base isn't supporting the drag queen story hour? I stand by what I just said. But, but you may stand by it, but it's belied by the evidence over and over again. I mean, are, 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 are you aware of the uh, piece? Uh, Biden's military, Air Force Base in Montana, holds drag show, drag queen story hour for kids in the Western Journal. Are you aware of that? Again, I will say what I've said yeah, You're saying what you're saying, but I guess it just doesn't comport with the facts. I'm not laughing at the fact that they're taking place. I'm laughing that the Secretary of Defense can't defend it. Just keeps repeating himself like it's not happening. It is happening. And you know what's gone through his mind right there, Mr. Producer? Who the hell let these drag queens on these bases? I'm guessing that's what's gone through his head, but I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Needed a good laugh. You know what I mean? Deb Halen. Anybody know who Deb Halen is? Deb, H-A-A-L-E-N. Anybody know who that is? She's the Secretary of the Interior Department. Many years ago under Reagan, I was the Deputy Solicitor of the Interior Department before I went on to be Chief of Staff at the Justice Department. Deputy Halen is an idiot, but that's Okay. And she's at a hearing today, and she's asked a question by John Hooven, Senator. Cut four, go. You think it is better for our country to get oil and gas from federal lands in this country with our environmental standards, or is it better to get it from places like Venezuela, Russia, uh, Middle East, and other places with vastly inferior environmental standards? Where, where would you prefer that that oil and gas come from? Senator, what I can say is that uh, President Biden is 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 dedicated and committed to making sure that we have an energy independent nation. Well, but the response to my question, where would you prefer to get that oil and gas? Our our as I mentioned many times, the oil production in this country is up on federal lands. We are doing uh, we're moving those permits through. We're doing our jobs. And um, I appreciate the question. They're such liars. I have a question that <clears throat> the senator didn't ask, Mr. Producer, which is, are there any drag queens on federal lands? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Rand Paul about Fauci. The Fouch on Fox yes, as we're going through one pandemic and plague after another. Cut five, go. The group in Wuhan actually asked our Defense Department for money and said they wanted to take a coronavirus like COVID and put something in it to make it more infectious. It's called a furin cleavage site. It's not found in nature, and that's exactly what COVID turned out to be. It's called so a this what? is a... A furin cleavage site, Mr. Producer? No, I'm not a scientist. I don't know what a furin cleavage site is. I think I know what cleavage is. Any drag queens at the Wuhan lab? I don't think so, though. Go ahead. Mystery, but it's also a mystery with a cover-up. We've now found that American universities have given money to military research in China. And 
we are going to get to the bottom of this, but there's a massive cover-up going on, and the lead in all of the cover-up has been Fauci. We now have information that he's still working for government, even though he says he's retired, and it is my belief that he is worried about being indicted, and so he continues to work, so he will get legal protection of the federal government. But this is wrong on every level of it, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. It is a massive scandal. The CDC and the tributaries going from and going to the CDC. It's really never been looked at carefully uh, from an oversight perspective because you just assume these are nerds. You know, they're scientists, they're doctors, they're experts. Um, when you think CDC or these infectious disease places and so forth, you figure, all right, these are people in white robes, you know, walking around with spectacles and... You know, scientists. But what we're finding is these are massive bureaucracies with multiple layers of red tape. That there is favoritism, that there's all kind of nefarious funding going on, of incredibly dangerous projects with incredibly dangerous countries and governments. And what we do know is that your tax dollars going through a so-called nonprofit organization in New York went to the Wuhan lab to develop a super virus that turned out to be the coronavirus, or SARS-2. And it escaped from that lab and affected millions and millions and millions of families in this country and all over the world. That's what happened. It didn't come from a damn monkey. It came from these frauds, these bureaucrats, these institutions. That's what it came from. And people suffered as a result and still do. You know, it's interesting, and I'm not trying to personalize this. I've told you before, I got the J&J shot because it was one shot, right? I didn't want the two. Then I got the booster. This is early on. Then I got COVID. Then I got COVID again. And thank God I was in Florida taking medicines over the counter that were said don't work. Thank God for them because they worked for me. But I've never been able to breathe the same way. I just haven't been able to. Even even some of the smaller tests, I you know, there, there's a breathing issue. The heart's been checked, it's fine. The lungs have been checked, they're fine. Everything's fine. They just can't figure it out. And yet Mr. Producer hears it. <clears throat> Everybody hears it in the in the house and where I work. It's bizarre. I'm not saying it was COVID, but you know, you trying to figure out what might have caused it. Everything was fine. I'm 65 years old, and now that. And why should there be all these cover-ups? The chances of it coming from a monkey are slim to none. Slim to none. And Fauci knows it. But there he is. He goes on with the morning schmo who pushes all kinds of lies. Whatever the government feeds at... 
that deliverance actor from the bridge, he spews out now. He's been totally whipped by the missus. Now she's the missus anyway. May I say that, Mr. Producer? The Ed McMahon of the couple. He speaks, oh yeah, yeah, you tell him, Joe. <laughs> and, and so forth. I just want to point that out because there is a massive cover-up and that whole operation needs to be fixed. And there is a proposal by Rand Paul and our buddy Chip Roy to break up these entities into four or five entities now. Infectious diseases uh, uh, division or department that Fauci headed to break it up because we should not, you know, he's kind of, Let's see if anybody regurgitates this in radio or TV, Mr. Producer. He's kind of the uh, J. Edgar Hoover of the infectious disease world. I don't mean necessarily morally, although he could have been, or he could be. I mean in terms of the power that he exercised over presidents, over administrations, and so forth. I don't think that job should be a lifetime job. They ought to term limit it. You're in there five years, six years, seven years, get the hell out and actually practice real medicine. At least that's my view. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. Got a lot to get into in hour three. Actually, something uh, pretty unbelievable from Sonny Houston on The View, suggesting that communist Chinese internment of Muslims, not as bad as U.S. mass incarceration. This woman is a nut. She is a nut. And a lot more, a presidential candidate, he wanted to come on the program. There is a Stanford University study that's warning against charging electric cars at home overnight. A little late, don't you think, Mr. Producer? A new study from Stanford, and this is going to keep happening as they push more and more people into these electric vehicles. A new study from Stanford has found that the vast majority of electric vehicle EV owners are charging their cars at home in the evening or overnight. And it could be costing the electricity grid a significant amount. Oh, really? That was unpredictable. The study has recommended that the practice should change with more EV owners charging their cars during the day at work or public charging stations. Oh, that's convenient. You can wait in line for the guy in front of you. It takes only 40 minutes. 
The study was published in the journal Nature Energy. They examined the stress that the Western United States electric grid will come under by 2035 from growing EV ownership. Found that if rapid EV growth continued with a continued dominance of residential nighttime charging, peak electricity demand could increase by 25% just in 10 years. But if more people shifted their charging habits to daytime or at work or public charging stations, it would reduce greenhouse gas emissions. All right, that's the next regulation coming. When you'll be allowed to charge your cars. They're just going to regulate the hell out of you until you're forced to take public transportation. That's what's going to happen. They're going to divide. Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. They're going to divide the country into geographic sectors. They're already trying to get rid of single-family home development and zoning. I see it all over my community. I see it even in Florida, where they're building these, these relatively large apartment complexes now. And, of course, your local community is not even telling you about it. We encourage policymakers to consider utility rates that encourage day charging and incentivize investment in charging infrastructure to shift drivers from home to work for charging. In other words, charge you more for charging your vehicles at home. Wasn't the whole point the convenience? You're done your day. You drive your car at home. You plug it into the to the socket in your garage. You go to sleep. You wake up. You pull it out of the socket. You get every, no, 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 no. If you think you're having a hell of a time now, it takes no time at all to fill up a car with gasoline. It takes some time to fully charge your vehicle. If it's an electric vehicle. Anything the government does, almost anything the government does, is stupid. Never forget it. If we had to rely on the government for food, we would starve to death. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hour three is upon us. I hope you'll listen in. We have a very, very good, powerful hour scheduled for you. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin, hour three of our program. Our number is 877-381-3811. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know who Phil Mendelssohn is? Phil! Phil, come home! Phil, the latkes are ready! Phil Mendelssohn is the chairman of the D.C. Council, Washington, D.C. He's a radical kook. And you remember when they wanted to pass this bill to basically outlaw crime? Oh, yeah. Even the mayor vetoed it. Mayor Bowser. No comment. But nonetheless, the Republicans forced Biden's hand. He was opposed to interfering. You know, home rule. Uh, But eventually he had to veto it because he realized it would hurt him politically, and we don't want that. 
So Phil Mendelson at the D.C. Council Chairman's at a hearing today because, you know, it's called the District of Columbia because it's a federal district. Well, we want senators. We want a voting. No, sorry. Sorry. No. You want senators, you move to Maryland or to Northern Virginia. You want congressmen, you move to Maryland or Northern Virginia. That's the way it works. Nonetheless, Mendelssohn was lying, in my view. Cut 13, go. The number of violent crime incidents in 2022 was 45% lower than a decade earlier. And total violent crime last year was 7% less than the year before. I know this belies the common belief. And when it comes to crime, how people feel is important. But there is not a crime crisis in Washington, D.C. Yes, there is, moron. There's a horrific crime crisis. Representative Russell Fry, Republican, at a hearing today. Looks right at Mendelssohn, right in his eyes. And says this, hat tip daily caller, cut 14, go. Let's talk about homicides in D.C. They're up 40% over last year. On March 6th, the D.C. police chief, uh, Robert Conti, asked what D.C. can do differently, was asked what they can do differently to get homicides down. He replied, keep violent people in jail. Well, that sounds like a pretty good idea to me. Mr. Allen, do you think that Chief Conti feels supported by D.C. City Council uh, in his efforts to crack down on crime, yes or no? I saw him last night, yes. I find it completely remarkable that that is your answer, given that you advocated for defunding the police. You also starved them based on your Twitter. You starved them of morale. You constantly demonize police in your city. It is no wonder that there is an exodus in the police department here. And we wonder causation and effect. You have D.C. police after you defunded them. And after you demonize them, you have them leave the department. And now you see, inexplicably, crime go up in the Washington, D.C. According to Chief Conti, he said, right now, the average homicide suspect has been arrested 11 times prior to committing a homicide. Do you think the men and women who serve the Metropolitan Police Department feel supported by D.C. Council to keep D.C. safe and to stay safe themselves? Thank you for the question. Um, I don't support defunding the police, nor did the D.C. Council defund the police. Earlier, you heard about the police misconduct. Over the last 10 years, D.C. has had to pay out $91 million in police misconduct settlements. That is 10 times the amount that you're referring to from a $9 million that was redirected out to other public safety efforts from a half a billion dollar budget. That's not defunding our police. It's talking about how do we have a both-and approach to support our law enforcement. Well, with respect, with respect, your, your Twitter says, I know not everyone agrees with where we landed. I hear you. And now that we've gone through committee to do the full council, I'm happy to keep work going. This is the biggest reduction to MPD that I've ever seen. That's defund the police. You've done that. There was a, an article no, with a sir. headline that talked exactly about that, that you were the chief architect. In fact, there's a Twitter handle called Recall You. And it's about your efforts to defund the police. So now you're saying, now no, you're gaslighting the American people, people and telling them that they don't matter and that they're, that they're not seeing the truth here? I was just DC, reelected you know, a couple of months ago, Congressman. Reclaiming my time, if D.C. were a state, it would have far and away the highest per capita murder rate of any other state. In 2014 to 2020, D.C. ranked the highest with a homicide rate of 19.84 per 100,000 people. D.C. wants to be a state. They can't even be a city. This is your premier case of what you get when you defund the police, you don't prosecute criminals, and you turn a blind eye to crime on the streets. This is our nation's Mm -hmm. capital, and quite frankly, it is unacceptable. Mr. Chairman, I yield back. 
well done. And there's more. Uh, talk news. U.S. attorneys prosecute 67% of arrests in D.C. The U.S. attorneys are effectively the federal attorneys, but they're also like the DAs for Washington, D.C., and they prosecute these crimes or don't. U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia. Remember this guy, Matthew Graves, who was investigating Trump with two grand juries before the uh, Jack the Ripper, the special counsel? Remember he was going after and rounding up all these people all over the country? Remember that? U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves, who was appointed by President Biden, declined to prosecute 67%, 7 out of 10 of those arrested in the city in 2021. Refused. Refused. And then he blames the D.C. police chief, this guy Robert Conti, who's pretty good. He's got his hands tied. But he's pretty tough. And so this guy Graves blames Conti, the local police chief. And he says to the Washington Post, I can promise you, it's not the Metropolitan Police Department that bags this. This is BS. Of course we're concerned. We believe that every person we arrest should be off the streets. The shockingly low prosecution rate stands in stark contrast to even other major U.S. cities. According to the Washington Post, the U.S. attorneys working in Detroit declined to prosecute 33% of arrests, 14% in Chicago, 4% in Philadelphia, 67% in Washington, D.C. By this Biden-appointed Obamanoid who couldn't wait to go after MAGA Republicans. Oh, they're trespassing. Oh, now they're parading. And I'm not talking about violent individuals. Here, when we talk about the local thugs, we're talking about mostly violent individuals. He said, what we have to do, said the police chief, Conti, if we really want to see murders go down, is put bad guys with guns in jail. Because when they're in jail, they can't be out in the community shooting people. So what happens when people talk about, are we going to separate or should we separate? What do we need to separate? That's what we need to separate. <coughs> and the mayor, Muriel Bowser, she's presided over a major increase in crime in the nation's capital. And Conti has diagnosed the problem. It's the city's youth saying his department sees robberies and other violent charges as first crimes among young people. His first crime, his first introduction to the criminal justice system, 100 used for robbery, lamented the chief. I saw a video two days ago at a charter school where three young people took off another person's shoes while they're at school and put their shoes in a trash can while someone else recorded it. Yes. He's right. Meanwhile, they'll keep chasing down. They got another thousand to go. People parading, trespassing on the grounds of the Capitol building. Oh, yes. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, there's a gentleman who is running in the Republican 
primary for president who's actually a very sharp guy. He's done a lot in his life. He's not that old. Uh, and uh, he understands economics, and he's been very, very successful. I've never met him, never talked to him before. That's on me. Vivek Ramaswamy, how are you, my friend? Mark, we've been a long time waiting. Good to catch up. Good to it's talk a to pleasure. You. Thank you very, very much. Tell everybody about your background. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio, to the, as a kid of immigrants who came from India. They didn't come with a lot of money, but they did come with two parents who were committed to living in the house and uh, focus on education. And that was the greatest gift that I got growing up. And so I ended up going to Harvard for college, studying molecular biology. I was a nerdy science guy for Jeez. much of that period of my life. And uh, ended up getting into the world of biotech investing, actually, investing in biotech companies in the fall of 2007, right before the 08 financial crisis, which was an educational time to get your first job out of college, uh, which mm -hmm. I enjoyed. And, uh, you know, picked up a law degree along the way. And, you know, most of my career was then spent founding a biotech company that I built as CEO. We got a number of medicines developed. One treats kids who have a fatal condition by the age of two. We developed a life-saving therapy for them. Another is a drug for prostate cancer. There's three other drugs as well that I developed. But I stepped down from my job as a biotech CEO to, to focus on a different kind of cancer, a, a cultural cancer that threatened to kill the American dream that allowed me to achieve everything I ever had. When George Floyd died, there was demands on me as a prominent CEO. It was a multi-billion dollar company by that point to make statements in support of Black Lives Matter. I refused to do it, and that led to a series of events that I described in my book, Woke Inc., that led me to step down as a CEO and to focus on this new mission I've been on to revive a missing American national identity. So I've written three books over the last couple of years. Two of them are out. A third one on ESG is coming out later this year. And I started a new company called Strive then to compete against BlackRock and some of these forces politicizing corporate America, which became my passion. But I would say, Mark, I discovered that that trick only works if there's a culture a populace, a generation in this country that's willing to buy up what they're selling. And I wasn't going to solve that through the market. I wasn't going to solve that as an entrepreneur. I decided that the way I wanted to address that was by leading a cultural revival in this country, a national revival. And that's what this presidential run is all about. And I hope we succeed in reviving a missing national identity that dilutes the woke agenda to irrelevance. I think that's how we actually win through actual leadership rather than through just frankly, even doing what I've been doing for the last several years, which is complaining about the problem. Well, I'll tell you this, though, that that is fantastic, uh, your background and what you've done already. Not to uh, offend, how old are you? I'm 37. Wow, <laughs> you've done a lot. Yeah. You kind of skew the age in Washington. You know, the average age there is about 112. So uh, <laughs> that, would, that, would, that would bring us back to about 70, you know. Uh, let me ask you this. You are extremely articulate. I've seen you before. Very substantive. Your top three or four agenda items. I know generally you're concerned about the culture, and you should be, because the culture is, is being devoured. So where do you see your major areas of focus? So my main areas of focus, they all revolve around reviving American national identity, but I'm going to go after the obstacles that stand in the way. The top of my domestic agenda is going after the administrative state. I think that the managerial bureaucracy, the permanent state, 
that's what actually allows a lot of these ideologies to find their way from government into the into this private sector and into our culture. And so what I've said is, you know what, the people who we elect to run the government better darn well be the people who actually run the government. And I've laid out a list of administrative agencies that I won't just reform, Mark. I will shut down. And I believe in Article 2 of the Constitution and have deep-seated legal analysis that empowers me to do that as U.S. president. That's one of the areas that I'm most focused on. I think on the cultural side of things, look, I think that one of the ways we can actually lead our way out of this culture war is actually to revive American pride through American economic growth itself. It's as though both parties bicker about tax increases versus spending cuts, as though they've forgotten that GDP growth, economic growth itself, can be a source of national pride. And to that effect, I'm taking aim at anything that stands in the way of that without apology. That means abandoning this climate cult that shackles the United States while leaving China untouched. It means putting people back to work by not giving them incentives to stay home and wallow in their laziness and victimhood. It means actually applying meritocratic policies, which includes getting rid of affirmative action in America, which has been an anti-meritocratic cancer on our national soul. And taking on, by the way, those are sacred cows that you're not supposed to touch, even in the Republican Party. Even the most recent Republican president could have gotten rid of affirmative action through executive order. I pushed his people on why they didn't. I understand it's difficult for people, you know, maybe with certain skin color or certain name or certain age to take on. But these are these are the battles I'm willing to wage to revive a missing national identity. And then the third piece, I would say, just to keep a long answer a little shorter, Mark, is is declaring independence from China. I think that we today live in a country that depends on our enemy for our modern way of life. And I think we need to declare independence from communist China. I think we can actually do it much more easily than most people think. But anyway, to take on the kind, these kinds of issues, Mark, I think you need in this country a political outsider in the White House. I do think that needs to be the new tradition in the GOP. We cannot nominate the professional career politician beholden to a donor class to get these kinds of things done. Systematic reform, gutting the administrative state, declaring independence from China. The donor class in this Republican Party won't let you do that. That's why I've been actually at liberty. I've written already an eight-figure check, and there's no limit to what we'll put in. I've enjoyed success in this country. I want to reinvest in reviving this country. And I think that nothing's going to stop us from going the distance because I think it has to be an outsider that gets this job done, which is why I'm in this race. And this issue with China, it's so true. I mean, Xi Jinping has said, he now bluntly said, now bluntly said he's preparing China for war. Now, we got to pay attention to this. We can't ignore this. Let me ask you this, the administrative state. You look over in the country of Israel, and Netanyahu's trying to take on the administrative state. The judiciary yep. is, is, is functions like a Politburo there. They have a, a massive uh, control over <coughs> me, what happens in the country. And because they've pushed back and fought back and they, they, they've aligned themselves with radical parties and minority parties and a labor party and this party and that party, you can see what's happening. They're trying to take Netanyahu down. Our president's interfering in the internal affairs of Israel. Israel's got this unraveling domestic situation while they're having to face down the Iranians. So this is not a simple undertaking, is it? Oh, it's not. And this is not a domestic issue. It's, a, it's an issue for self-governing democracies in the West as we know it. You see it in Great Britain. You see it in other places around the world. But I'm here to correct it here in the United States because we lead the way for the free world. And so the issue is 
you have this system of civil service protections where they say that if you're hired in the administrative state, you get to work there forever without any political accountability. Well, the politicians we elect then become lazy and delegate more and more authority implicitly or explicitly to that administrative state. Well, here's my view. I've been a CEO. I've built and run successful companies. I will bring those same principles and my deep understanding of the Constitution as well to say that Article 2 of the Constitution says the president of the United States actually runs the federal government. And I'll teach you a little lesson I learned in the private sector, Mark. If somebody works for you and you can't fire them, that means they don't work for you. It means you work for them because you're responsible for what they do without having any authority to determine it. And I refuse to be the fool who goes to sit as a stooge in the White House, like the one we currently have sitting there, actually sitting atop a managerial bureaucracy. I will shut it down and actually ensure that the people who run this country are the people who we elect. And believe me, the current Supreme Court, I believe, will be with me all the way on that Listen, interpretation. Listen, I want to have you back a little earlier in the program where we can spend more time. You're the kind of guy I'd like to engage with. It's Vivek2024.com. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Mark Levin, an unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist. You can reach him at 877-381-3811. All right, I want to play this for you. Sonny Huston, that's not a real name, Sonny. And uh, of course not. Sonny could be uh, a guy's name. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? Oh, yeah. Sonny could be a boy. Sonny can be a girl. Sonny can be transitioning. Sonny can be the weather. Anyway, uh, on The View yesterday, cut 15, go. And so as a woman of color... Wait a minute, wait a minute. She's a woman of color? Why does she keep throwing around the word woman? No, no, we don't say women. But as a woman of color, oh, okay. What do you tell us as a woman of color? Go ahead. And so as a woman of color with a six foot two black kid in college and a five foot seven, five foot eight black kid in high school, I don't see that part of American exceptionalism. What are you I'm talking sorry, about, I- moron. She doesn't see American exceptionalism. Sorry, because she has two kids in school. Anyway, go ahead. This country has a lot of problems that could be solved. Yes, maybe they're putting uh, Muslims in jail in Afghanistan, I think you mentioned, and China. China, They're putting a lot of more black people in jail. Oh, okay. 
I see. We have due process here. We have judges. We have juries. We have appellate courts. We have appellate courts above appellate courts. Uh, Do they have that in China? Where the uh, Uyghurs are being rounded up, two million of them put in concentration camps. Who does this idiot think she is? And the view, what is this, ABC syndicates this thing? Can't they get somebody who's intelligent, who is a woman of color? Do they have to get this moron? Of course they can. But it's day after day, week after week, she's an idiot. She's just a rattle. You know, she and her husband are multimillionaires. They live in a mansion. They live in the lap of luxury in the greatest country on the face of the earth. And this is how she speaks. She's treated like a movie star with the makeup and the cars and all the rest. I know how it works in the green room and everything. Sonny, can I have your signature, please, please? And she gets on stage and trashes this country. Where would she be such a success in any other country on the face there? Nowhere. Nowhere. Then we have Bernie the Red Sanders. And Mark Wayne Mullen. Mark Wayne Mullen is a new senator. He was a congressman, I think, from Oklahoma. And Bernie Sanders. And they get into it a little bit. And I love it. At a hearing today, cut 16, go. And I think you got an all-time record here. You've made more misstatements in a shorter period of time than I have ever heard. Please correct me. Well, if I'm worth $8 million, excuse me. It's all public. Excuse me. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Excuse me. Yes, sir. If I'm worth $8 million... That's good news to me. I'm not aware of it. That's a lie. All right. Number two. Part of public records. That's, you're probably looking at some phony right-wing internet stuff. It ain't true. No. All right. You should read beyond that. It is not true. It's All right? public records. It is, no, it is not public record. Okay. Well, you made it 1.7 million on your public book. Public record. You made 1.7 right? on your book. Excuse me. I've got the mic now. Number two. I have the mic now. I've got it. Did you, you not make time. that statement? You had your time. Okay. All right. See, You're what he's telling... responding to is Sanders said um, he'd like to be a millionaire, and so the Republican senator said, but you are. Go ahead. Second of all, you got no evidence that I have ever said that all CEOs are corrupt. I have never, ever said that. Probably not Further, all, but every time you talk about not, CEOs, you, you shouldn't say that. say it. Furthermore, what this hearing is about is whether or not you talk about being pro-union. Really, what this hearing is about is whether workers have the constitutional right to form a union. The well, no, 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 no. In Michigan, they just voted to eliminate right to work law there, which means workers must be members of the unions in order to work. Did you know that, America? In Michigan, they just did that because the governor there, the crackpot governor there is trying to turn Michigan from a light purple state into a dark blue state. She's working on it right now. Go ahead. Not from me, but from the National Labor Relations Board is the time after time after time, despite what Mr. Schultz is saying. Starbucks has broken the law and has prevented workers Starbucks has not broken the law. What does Starbucks do? When it comes down, they sell coffee, for God's sakes. 
And most of the people who work, not all, so don't get offended, or do if you wish, most of the people who work there are what we used to call yuppies. Remember yuppies, Mr. Producer? Sort of college-age kids, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, they're making... I would like a latte, please. Yes, yes. Would you like it with cream or would you like it with whole milk? Or No, I would like it with half and half, please. Oh, what size would you like? I don't know all the names because I don't really go there. I can't remember. Would you like a piece the one time or three times? Uh, would you like a piece of lemon cake with that? No, my wife won't let me eat that. Oh, okay. Okay. What is your name? Francois, oh, okay, we'll call your name out shortly. Those poor guys are underpaid. You know, they ought to get $20 an hour for pouring coffee and handing people cold bagels. You've ever had a bagel at Starbucks, Mr. Producer? No matter what they do to it, they could toast it and heat it and warm it and zap it. It it tastes like rubber. It costs about 43 bucks. No offense. And obviously the employees, they're way underpaid. They need to be unionized for giving you coffee, for God's sakes. That's why I go to Dunkin' Donuts. I don't have to put up with that crap. And I also think their coffee's better, don't you, Mr. Producer? He'll say yes no matter what, you know. It's Mr. Producer. All right. One more I'd like to get to. Let's do something positive. Ron DeSantis, America's governor, at a press conference today. Cut, 18, go. The Fed has done a horrible job, you know, over these last uh, last few years, and they really are creating uh, potential significant turmoil in the economy going forward. I mean, think about what they did. For all of 2022, they were hiking rates, taking money out of the economy because there was too much money that had been printed. And so they're doing that. And that obviously causes problems because they didn't do it. uh, They didn't handle it appropriately. That's quite correct. I have called I have called the Fed has is the drug dealer for the drug users. That would be Congress on the fiscal side. It made possible, quote unquote, the drunken Marxist spending that was going on on Capitol Hill by monetizing it. And all of a sudden, whoa, we're getting inflation here. Yeah, because you can't keep up with it. So bad is the spending and the deficit spending and the overall debt that the monetary policy wasn't strong enough to control it. Then they reverse course. They start raising interest rates. And now they're hoping we have a recession in order to kill inflation. In other words, stop the economy from growing. But they cannot stop Biden and the Democrats because they have a $7 trillion budget proposed. Speaker of the House McCarthy has attempted over and over again now to sit down with Biden to trim the budget in order to raise the debt ceiling. He's got the vast majority of the Republicans in the House, including the conservatives behind him. And you know what Biden said, America? Nothing. He won't meet with them. He's playing chicken. So it's Biden who's prepared to collapse the economy, and why not? Guy's stashed away a lot of money from communist China, and I'm sure he figures if he needs more, he'll get more. 
I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. By the way, Vivek Ramaswamy was terrific, and his site is vivek2024.com. That's V-I-V-E-K-2024.com. I will have him back um, because I find him intriguing, and we will talk to him more. And uh, I think that's about it, Mr. Producer. Mr. Producer, not to put you on the spot, Anybody to whom I should speak, regular or irregular Americans? KXNT, Frank, Las Vegas, Nevada. Go. Yellow. Good evening, Mark. How are you? Okay. How are you, Frank? Any good at blackjack? <laughs> Mark, I'm going to invite you to Vegas in a minute if you just listen. First so, of all, I love Vegas. Foremost, love it. Love it. I know you do. I know you do. So listen. First of all, I heard the lock is already. <laughs> you, yeah. Okay, uh, seriously, Mark, uh, I think we're obviously losing our country. I yet. think, like, therefore, right I now. am. You've ever heard that line? Right? Yeah, of yes. course. Yes. So yes. I think a reason for that, Mark, is that yeah. we've lost touch with our children. Somehow or other, over the past couple of decades or more, whether it's due to the fact that we're so busy in our jobs and our lives and our social scenes, whatever the case may be, we've lost touch with our kids. That's why we are where we're at today. And I think what we need to do, because we really can't do much of anything else at this point because the Dems are in control. But what we do have control over is our children. And if we, well, get if you back. get them young enough, sometimes they're in college, they get out of college, and they're out of... Con- I'm being serious about this. And you're quite right uh, in, in many respects. But we do now have these, these out-in-the-open indoctrination mills in our public school system, colleges and universities. Uh, we have them in uh, social circles now. We have them on TV, including, you know, uh, entertainment TV. They are being bombarded. And you're right. The number one defense uh, is, is or should be the parents. But even some parents who raise their kids properly and they take them to synagogue or church or wherever they go and they do the right things with them. Once they send them to college and they come back, they don't recognize them before. I can't tell you how many hundreds and hundreds of calls I've had from parents where that's happened. Valid and by point. the way, and by the way, Las Vegas is not only great. Because of the casino gambling, Las Vegas is great because of the restaurants. Oh, my God. You can get anything you want right there in the middle of the desert. You, but you know that, don't you, Frank? Of course I do. Mark, And, listen, of course, they have good I shows, too. All right, you. go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Mark, I adore your sense of humor. And because I live in Vegas, I'm yes. fairly certain I can get you a stand-up gig on the strip. Oh, Okay. I don't know that I could do one-liners uh, one after another like uh, Henny Youngman, you know. But uh, I could have a good time. You never know. We do very, very well. KXNT, our wonderful station in Las Vegas. I think we just signed a, a two-year contract with them. So you're stuck with us for a long time. Frank, 
God bless you, my friend. I'm not kidding. I love Las Vegas. Now they have great sports teams, too. And uh, you can go out to a shooting range. You can shoot a 50 caliber there. Did you know that, Rich? Christian, did you know that? You ever see a 50 caliber bullet? It's big, baby. It's the kind of bullet you can put on a desk. All right. Who else do we have uh, on our uh, call screen there, please? Sirius XM, Scott, Southern California. Scott, how are you, and what are you still doing there? <laughs> I wonder, Mark. I'm, I'm kind of trapped here with a grandchild and uh, oh. haven't finished my career formally yet. Um, hey, it's great to be on your show. I, I've oh, Scott, long time I have to go. Somebody write down Scott's phone number. I'm not kidding. We're going to... We're going to get a hold of him. Uh, and I apologize to you, Scott. I blew the clock. That's why I'm a quasi-professional, you know. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, men and women in Taiwan and Ukraine, our freedom fighters, and all of you. I cannot thank you enough in my audience. I am blessed that you're there. God bless you. See you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 